0: Remember the 90s, when MTV still played music videos, when people still bought physical copies of albums, and when legendary musicians like Kurt Cobain and Dimebag Daryl still walked the earth? Well, now you can once again relive that decade every week on KBGA, because your favorite 90s radio show, Sounds Like Teen Spirit, is back and better than ever. It's still the best show on KBGA to hear artists like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Sublime, Megadeth, Primus, and more. Again, that's Sounds Like Teen Spirit, now on Sundays from 8 to 10 p.m., only on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. Was Finger Eleven kicking off this program with "Drag You Down" off their 2000 album *The Grayest of Blue Skies*? Welcome to the award-winning *Sounds Like Teen Spirit* on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I'm your maladroit host, Ian. This episode features tunes from the likes of Tupac, *Mad Season*. Cake, Jimmy Eat World, Soul Asylum, Rilo Kylie, The Butthole Surfers, Mob Deep, Anthrax, and The Cherry Pop and Daddies. Plus, because I have such a modest slate of new music reviews for this week, I'll be playing not one, but two songs apiece from the new Weezer EP, Seasons, Summer, which was released on June 21st, and the new Porcupine Tree album, Closure Slash Continuation, released on June 24th. I'll start with Porcupine Tree. Back in 2019, Tool, arguably the biggest prog band of the 90s, released their first new album in 13 years, Fear Inoculum. Fast forward to 2022, and now Porcupine Tree, who may well be the 90s' second biggest prog act, have just closed out a 13-year album gap of their own with the release of Closure Continuation. Each of these two albums represents an inverse approach to getting back in the saddle after so long an absence. Tool more or less continued in a linear progression with Fear Inoculum, accelerating through what should have been years worth of gradual musical development to deliver the album they likely would have put out at that point anyway. They essentially graduated to the next level of progginess. The songs got longer, the production got more layered, and the instrumentalists got even more comfortable holding down an extended groove. Meanwhile, Porcupine Tree embraced the literal meaning behind the title of their latest album, intending for it to be either a final chapter or new beginning for the band, and thus treated closure-slash-continuation as more of a reboot. Though its production values rival the very best the modern age has to offer, from a musical and structural standpoint, the album scales back the prog elements to the basis of levels possible without also shedding the band's essence in the process. I consider it to be the Porcupine Tree equivalent to Dream Theater's 2019 album Distance Over Time. While both Tools and Porcupine Tree's respective approaches to a long-delayed album are valid, I feel like the latter's approach makes for a stronger album overall, one that is far more likely to draw in new fans while still doing enough to satisfy the old ones. All seven songs on closure slash continuation fall under the 10-minute mark, and three of those songs are less than six, resulting in a relatively lean total length of just barely over 48 minutes. Compare that to Porcupine Tree's 2009 album The Incident, which clocked in at over 76 minutes and was dominated by a single 55-minute track with 14 distinct movements, and it's almost a complete 180 reversal. While some hardcore fans may feel shortchanged by its significant reduction in quantity, this album truly wastes no time with the length it's got. Each of these songs feels fully realized, and although they still fit together as part of a greater whole, they all have the capacity to stand perfectly well on their own. Even Walk the Plank, the album's shortest track at under four and a half minutes, as well as its simplest musically, making it the relative interlude of the album, feels like it has a lot more going on than the slightest tracks on most other prog albums. By and large, only the longer songs on closure slash continuation, such as Dignity and Chimera's Wreck, demonstrate much of the usual prog rock trappings, but make no mistake, it still sounds like no less of a porcupine tree album in spite of that. In fact, this may perhaps be the most quintessential-sounding one of them all. Although Porcupine Tree started to veer towards metal in the 2000s, I feel this album harkens back more to the synth-laden, British alt-rock sound that defined their 90s output. But don't despair, metalheads, for the band still finds plenty of opportunity to flash their heavier side on songs like Haridan, Herd Culling, and Rat's Return, whose jagged, Dream Theater-esque guitar riff is undoubtedly one of the album's greatest assets. Above all, it seems like Porcupine Tree were going for an all-encompassing vibe that channels and pays homage to every version of themselves through the years, as if they envisioned closure slash continuation as a gateway to the rest of their discography, and wanted to give newcomers a concise summary of the band to start with. Though such an approach sounds like it may alienate the more experienced fans on paper, I would say that the band were ultimately successful in towing the line between the tryhards and the diehards, and have created something that both can enjoy equally. It certainly helps that all individual members, or at least the three out of four who are participating in the reunion, are absolutely on top of their game for this outing. Drummer Gavin Harrison is in full-on virtuoso mode here, routinely upholding complex rhythms that simultaneously manage to sound both relaxed and frenetic. Keyboardist Richard Barbieri is always on point with his soundscapes, and he often gets to shine at the forefront of the album's music, particularly on the aforementioned Walk the Plank. And then, of course, there's the mighty frontman and head architect behind Porcupine Tree, Mr. Steven Wilson. Aside from his normal duties of lead vocals and guitar, Wilson also plays bass on closure-slash-continuation in light of Colin Edwin's absence, and one only needs to hear the intro to opening track *Harridan* to rest assured that the entire album's bass tracks are in capable hands. Furthermore, Wilson's guitar work is as versatile, flamboyant, and evocative as ever, and his vocals run the full gamut between nuanced and powerful, sometimes even giving Maynard James Keenan a run for his money. Overall, closure slash continuation is a triumphant return for Porcupine Tree, and a rare example of broader appeal actually working to make a good thing even better. Honestly, it's kind of what I wanted the latest Tool album to be. Perhaps it could have been more satisfying as a longer release, but as luck would have it, there just so happens to exist a deluxe version that adds three bonus tracks and stretches out the album's length to nearly 66 minutes. I highly recommend the deluxe version as the definitive listening experience, for its bonus tracks are certainly no slouch, and a welcome addendum to the default album. Alright, the first song I'm gonna play from the album in this episode was actually its third pre-release single. However, the single version was only about three and a half minutes long, and it wasn't until the album's release that the full seven minute version became available. That is, of course, the version we'll be getting right now, and yes, it is indeed the superior version. The song is called Herd Culling. Enjoy!
1: Rifle now. I think there's something in the yard.
2: I can see the herd is getting rattled, and the dogs are on their guard.
3: buster, and remember who you're dealing with. KBGA Missoula, The Cabbage.
2: Move up, son,
4: Yeah, to all the killers and the hundred dollar billers, billers. For real, mean, real. because no who doubt. ain't got no, no feelings, doubt, feelings. feelings. Oh, so got I got this, Just watch my back, I got your friends. You know? Check it out oh. now. I got you stuck off the realness. with bullet holes and such. Speak the wrong words, man, and you will get touched. You can put your whole army against my team, and I guarantee you it'll be your very last time breathing. Your simple words just don't move me. You're minor, we major. You all up in the game and don't deserve to be a player. Don't make me have to call your name out. You cool as February My gunshots will make you levitate. I'm only 19, but my mind is older. When the things get for real, my warm heart turns cold. Enough get deceased, another story is told. It ain't nothing really. And hey, yo, done sparked the Philly. So I could get my mind off these yellow back. Cause while they still alive, I don't know. Go, go figure. figure meanwhile. Back in Queens, the realness and foundation. If I die, I couldn't choose a better location when the slugs penetrate. You feel a burning sensation. Getting closer to God in a tight situation now. Take these words home and think it through. Or the next rhyme I write might be
5: about you, Sunny shook, Cause ain't no such things. Halfway crooks. Scared to death, and scared to the look they shook. Cause ain't no
4: such things. Halfway cross Scared to death. And Get to Living work. the life that it's rough. guns. There's numerous ways you you So to earn funds. So Some get shot
2: locked rough. So the turn Cowardly hearts rough. straight up shook rough. One, so shook, shook one. rough. So rough. So rough. So rough. So rough. For every rhyme I write, it's twenty-five of life. There with so some much gas, you trust trust, safeguarding my life. Ain't no time for hesitation. That only leads to incarceration. You don't know me. There's no relation. Queensbridge, M.C. don't play. I don't got time for your petty thinking mind. Son, I'm bigger than those. Claiming that you pack heat, but you're scared to hold. And with the smoke clears, you'll be left with one you don't. Thirteen years in the projects. My mentality is what, kid? You talk a good one, but you don't want it. Sometimes I wonder, do I deserve to live? Or am I gonna burn the hell for all the Things I did. No time to dwell on that, cause my brain reacts. Front if you want, kid, lay on your back. I don't fake jazz, kid, you know I bring it to your life. Stay in a child's place, kid, you out of line. Criminal minds, those for recognition. I'm sipping. E and J got my mind flipping. I'm fucking. Dig 'em out of hope for hustling. Get that loot, kid. You know my function. 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 As long as I'm alive, i am a live illegal. And once I get on, i am put on all my peoples. React, react, react like Max. I hit your dome up when I roll up the beat. Go sleep because I'm friggin'. He shook. This ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Scared to death scared to look, they shook. This ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Scared to death or scared, scared to look, they shook. Cause ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Scared to
4: death or scared to look. <laughs> Shook, this ain't no such thing, as halfway crooks Living the life that are guns and guns There's numerous ways you can choose to earn funds Some get shot, locked down, and turn guns Cowardly hearts and straight up shook ones, shook ones. He ain't a crook, son
2: He just a shook one I'm feeling
1: of KBGA is brought to you by Imagination Brewing Company. By supporting over 1,700 community events in its educational center, Imagination Brews handcrafted beer to make a positive impact on Missoula and beyond. For more information about what's on tap, weekly live music offerings, or to reserve the center, call 406-926-1251 or visit imaginationbrewing.com
0: Osborne Osbourne with Not Going Away, off his 2007 album Black Rain. So at this point, amidst the dog days of summer 2022, we seem to be experiencing something of a drought when it comes to new albums by 90s artists. I was hoping I'd have more than two releases to review by the time I did this episode, but despite extensive digging, I just couldn't find anything to sink my teeth into for the entire month of July. Fortunately, the album forecast is looking a bit more exciting for August and September. August 12th will see the release of new albums from Collective Soul and recent Missoula guests The Goo Goo Dolls, and August 26th will bring us new albums from Muse and Machine Head. September is going to be even crazier. Megadeth finally locked down a September 2nd release date for their long-delayed album The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. A new Built to Spill album is coming on the 9th. Of course, Weezer will have another seasonal EP out to coincide with the Fall Equinox on the 22nd. And new albums from The Pixies and Slipknot are arriving on the 30th. But the album from the next couple months I am perhaps most intrigued by is the latest Ozzy Osbourne album. Ozzy recently announced his 13th solo album to date, and the first in just about two and a half years, demonstrating a remarkable improvement in turnaround following the near full decade that elapsed between 2020's Ordinary Man and 2010's Scream. This next one has been titled Patient Number 9 and is scheduled for release on September 9th. The album's lead single is its title track, a ripping power ballad featuring guitar work from the legendary Jeff Beck. Upon first listen, I wasn't sure if Beck's playing style was the best fit for Ozzy's sound, but couldn't deny it was interesting, and by the end of my second listen, I was considerably more on board with it. As it turns out, Jeff Beck is one of several high-profile guitarists being utilized on the upcoming Ozzy joint. Beck is confirmed to be on at least one other song, Eric Clapton is going to be on one, Pearl Jam guitarist Mike McCready will be on another, Black Sabbath guitarist Tony Iommi is getting two, and four have been confirmed to feature Zach Wilde, Ozzy's mainstay guitarist, who returned to his solo band in 2017 following an eight-year absence, but for some reason wasn't involved with Ordinary Man. And there may end up being even more big names behind the album than we're currently aware of. For instance, Ozzy had help with the Patient Number 9 single from Metallica bassist Robert Trujillo, Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer Chad Smith, songwriter Ali Tamposi, and producer Andrew Watt, who is Ozzy's lead guitarist for Ordinary Man, and I have no doubt that there are further surprise guests just waiting to be unearthed. Anyway, this album arrives amid what have been a very difficult past few years for Ozzy, as he himself has put it. These years that have marked the beginning of his 70s have granted him no shortage of injuries, illnesses, hospital stays, and persisting feelings of physical pain and depression. In fact, he reportedly needed a boost from Post Malone just to muster up enough strength to finish Ordinary Man. It was due to these factors and more that I erroneously predicted during my Ordinary Man review in early 2020 that it would go down as Ozzy's final album. Boy, do I have egg on my face over that call. In reality, both Ozzy and his wife Sharon have suggested that making new music has been the very thing keeping him alive through these difficult years, so don't expect his creative juices to dry up just because he got this album done. I look forward to reviewing and playing from the new Ozzy album here in a couple months' time, and for the steady stream of star-studded new albums we'll likely be getting from Ozzy over however many years he's got left. Alright, before Ozzy Osbourne, I played Rockstar by Jimmy Eat World off their 1996 album Static Prevails. Nerve Attack by Mud Honey off their 2018 album Digital Garbage. Shook Ones Part 2 by Mob Deep off their 1995 album The Infamous. Brown Derby Jump by Cherry Pop and Daddies, off their 1997 compilation, Zoot Suit Riot, and Underdog by the Butthole Surfers, off the 1995 compilation, Saturday Morning Cartoon's Greatest Hits. Once again, you're listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash slts2, and to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org slash teen-spirit. Alright, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Weezer EP, Seasons Summer. Weezer recently unloaded the second of four seasonal EPs that make up their ongoing 2022 Seasons project, and now that there's at least two of them out, we have a better idea of what to expect from them going forward. For starters, it's now a certainty that the other two EPs will indeed release on the first official days of Fall and Winter this year, September 22nd and December 21st respectively, even though you're unlikely to see any of their promotional materials much beforehand. Weezer officially announced the Spring EP and premiered the lead single just a few days in advance of the 2022 Spring Equinox, and they began promoting the Summer EP with lead single Records just five days ahead of Summer Solstice. So don't worry if you're still not seeing any trace of the Fall EP's impending existence by, say, September 15th. It's still gonna happen. Furthermore, given that the summer EP is practically identical in length and composition to the spring one, I think we can expect all four EPs to have seven songs totaling roughly 22 to 25 minutes. Finally, it appears that the cover art for all the EPs will depict the same scene being ravaged by the changing of the seasons. The cover of the spring EP shows a decapitated statue head lying in the middle of a quaint, idyllic forest. On the summer EP's cover, all that lush greenery surrounding the statue head is engulfed in flames. You know, on account of all the heat. So in other words, expect to see that familiar head partially buried in dead leaves and then snow over the coming months. From a purely musical standpoint, however, it's anyone's guess as to what shape the remaining EPs will take. As I've previously outlined, Weezer intend for each of their seasonal EPs to lyrically and sonically evoke the feel of their respective seasons. For springtime, this apparently meant quintessential Weezer with flourishes of folk rock and woodwind instruments. For summer, however, the band has delivered a slab of pure power pop, which isn't exactly the direction I imagined they would take it, but I can appreciate it nonetheless. By and large, I would describe this EP as something halfway between 2001's self-titled Green Album and the poptastic 2017 album Pacific Daydream. Some songs, such as the self-referential Cuomoville, skew a little more towards the former end of that spectrum, while others, such as lead single Records, skew more towards the latter. However, a few tracks draw notable influence from other Weezer albums, and those are actually the ones that stood out to me the most. For instance, Blue Like Jazz sounds like a bona fide cut from the 2002 fan favorite album Maladroit. What's the Good of Being Good would have been Right at Home on the 2014 fan favorite Everything Will Be Alright in the End. And closing track Thank You and Good Night, my personal favorite from the EP, is highly reminiscent of 2021's Van Weezer, easily the rockingest Weezer album to come out of the past five years. There are also some unmistakable rock opera elements in both opening track Lawn Chair and the aforementioned Closer, though they're certainly not characteristic of the EP as a whole. They kind of make me curious to hear what a full-on rock opera from Weezer would sound like, anyway. Ultimately, Season's Summer isn't quite as versatile as its springtime predecessor, and its lyrics don't feel as specific to the season, but it proves to be another solid chapter in what's shaping up to be a promising venture for Weezer, and the highlights hit hard. Alright, so now I'm going to roll out the first of two songs I've included from the EP in this episode. Do I feel a little silly doing two songs from just the second of four new 2022 Weezer EPs when most LPs I've reviewed so far this year, not to mention both of Weezer's 2021 albums, got only one apiece? Well, sure, but there are at least a couple songs from this EP I want to share with y'all. I happen to have ample room for them this week, and there's no telling when I might play from the EP again, probably not for a long time if ever, so in the end, I felt two was the way to go. This first one is that aforementioned maladroit-esque track, Blue Like Jazz. Enjoy!
3: Like the radio station, College Radio, 89.9 FM. i
6: This is Sarah Sandoval. On behalf of Nkusum Language School, you're listening to 89.9 KBGA
7: Missoula. Uh
3: The gone nice. affected
0: psycho dreamer off their 1997 album secret samadhi live reunited with original frontman ed kowalczyk in late 2016 after seven years apart and released the ep local 717 in 2018 but since then nothing in fact the band's camp had remained eerily quiet over the past few years but last month we finally got some insight as to why Apparently, the band members had been working through some internal drama, the nature of which we could only blindly speculate at. The first glimpse we got through that window was on June 4th, when Kowalczyk replied to an Instagram comment inquiring about the status of the band with never was much of one except in name, apparently implying that live was no more. He would eventually elaborate on that remark in response to another Instagram query on June 20th. When asked if he was still planning to move forward with new solo material as he'd previously hinted at, Kowalczyk responded, I would love to perform, but it's not possible in the current situation with the band. The three other original members are not speaking to each other and I am stuck in the middle, and if I try to go solo there's a good chance they will sue me again, so I have to do what's best for me and my family and stay out of litigation by not performing in public at all. Hopefully things change, but until then I have to lay low. Things ended up changing pretty rapidly after that. For the following day, Kowalczyk made a new Instagram post that states, As of last evening, I own 55% of live. Chad Taylor is fired. He will never stop the music again. So in light of recent developments, it looks like Live will finally be able to move forward once more, after finding a new lead guitarist of course, but given their history and trajectory, it's tempting to wonder if Ed Kowalczyk is actually a cancerous force within the band. Let's review the facts. He initially split from live in 2009 amid ugly circumstances that are still unclear due to each side having conflicting takes over what happened, but it seemingly had to do with certain demands Kowalczyk may have made as the lead singer and primary songwriter. Over the next few years, the band hit him with a couple lawsuits. First a breach of contract suit in 2010 pertaining to the nature of his exit, and then a trademark infringement suit in 2012 over his use of the band name and logo in promoting a solo tour. All the while, Live and Kowalczyk were embarking on separate endeavors and sniping at each other in interviews. After just a few more years, they were somehow able to surmount all these insurmountable obstacles and join together again, apparently had another falling out just a couple years into their reunion, and now Ed Kowalczyk has attained a controlling interest in the band and pushed out the original guitarist. Even with all the unknown details to consider, I initially had a hard time seeing this outcome as a happy ending or even merely a compromise. Kowalczyk always struck me as being kind of a control freak, so I couldn't help but ask myself certain questions upon hearing his news, like, is he maybe vying for total ownership of Live as some sort of revenge plot, or is this perhaps just the kind of thing that transpires naturally whenever he's part of a band? At any rate, the notion among myself and other fans that something feels off about all this was apparently not lost on the other remaining members, for on the same day as the big announcement, drummer Chad Gracie stepped up to clear the air surrounding Kowalczyk, more or less corroborating his side. In another social media post, Gracie stated the following, For anyone interested, Ed is not the problem in this band, and it's not this Chad, and he doesn't play bass. We have among us a person that stirs and then, no pun intended, sells drama. I could list what he has done to me personally, but I won't, except to say this. I didn't play drums on Local 717. It was Robin Diaz. The quote-unquote producer lied to me about what was happening with it and then lied to everyone else about why I quote-unquote couldn't play on that EP. Then I was coerced and manipulated into playing along like it didn't happen. This is indicative of what has been going on in this band for a long time. Ed is not the problem. This post raises a whole slew of questions about what exactly goes on within Live, as it's abundantly clear that they have a far-from-normal band dynamic, but without naming names, it essentially confirms that Chad Taylor was the real cancer all along. I'm hoping now that the cancer has been removed, we'll finally be able to start hearing some more new music from live, even if it is with a different guitarist. That might still have to wait, though, because now that he's freed himself up a bit, Ed Kowalczyk is moving full steam ahead with his next solo album slash tour. Alas, no new singles or details have been released yet on that front, but Kowalczyk's probably been sitting on some stuff for a while now, so I reckon we're going to catch wind of something fairly soon. Anyway, before Live, I played Paper Tiger by Beck off his 2002 album Sea Change. Now It's Dark by Anthrax off their 1988 album State of Euphoria. Locomotive by Mad Season off the 2013 deluxe edition of Above. Frug by Rilo Kiley off their 1999 self-titled Dope Little Song by the Beastie Boys off the 2009 deluxe edition of Ill Communication, and Mustache Man by Cake off their 2011 album Showroom of Compassion. You're still listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com SLTS2. And to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org teen-spirit. Alright, next I'm going to do a second song from the new Porcupine Tree album, Closure Slash Continuation. This next song is one of the bonus tracks off the Deluxe Edition. It's my favorite of the three bonus tracks and kind of reminds me of one of Porcupine Tree's most iconic songs, Waiting, Phase One, off their 1996 album Signify. The song's called Never Have. Enjoy!
3: What's up? This is Afro Man. Hey, this is Bass Nectar. We're the Dodging
8: Mountain Man.
3: The Hood Internet. Hey, this is Michael Frantz. This is Duda from Infected Mushroom.
8: And we are from the band Fucked Up. You're listening to KBGA Missoula.
1: This is Silver Sprocket, host of Something Else, live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on KBGA Missoula 89.9 FM. I feature avant garde electroacoustic, free jazz, and more creative music every week. You get to hear advanced new releases straight from the artists and record labels before anybody else and extensive interviews with the artists themselves. How about you give Something Else a try? Live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. on KBGA Missoula, 89.9 FM, and streaming at kbga.org. You all appreciate
7: it. When
8: I was younger, me and my mama had beef 17. At the time, I never thought I'd see a face Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place Suspended from school, I'm scared to go home I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules I had tears with my baby sister Over the years, we was poor than other little kids And even though we had different daddies The same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama I reminisce on the stress I caused It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell Thinking elementary, hey, I see the penitentiary one day, running from the police. That's right, mama, catch me, put a whoop to my backside. And even as a crack fiend, mama, you always was the black queen, mama. I finally understand for a woman it ain't easy trying to raise a man. You always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did. There's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate to know it loves me. Dear mama,
7: There ain't no one above us. You all
8: appreciate You know we love you ain't nobody tell us it was fair. No love for my daddy, cause the coward wasn't there. He passed away and I didn't cry. Cause my anger wouldn't let me feel for a stranger They say I'm wrong and I'm heartless But all along I was looking for a father, he was gone I hung around with the thugs And even though they sold drugs They showed a young brother love I moved out, started really hanging I needed money of my own, so I started slanging I ain't guilty cause even though I sell rocks It feels good putting money in your mailbox I love paying rent when the rent's due I hope you the diamond necklace that I sent to you. Cause when I was low, you was there for me. You never left me alone because you cared for me. And I can see you coming home after work late. You're in the kitchen trying to fix us a hot plate. You're just working with the scraps you was given. And mama made miracles every Thanksgiving. But now the road got rough, you're alone. you trying to raise two bad kids on your own. And there's no way I could pay you back. But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it lady, don't you know it, love And
7: dear mama, Sweetie, no one above this
8: you, sweetie? appreciate lady, don't you know appreciate love you, Pour out some liquor and I reminisce Cause through the drama I can always depend on my mama. And when it seems that I'm hopeless, you say the words that can get me back in focus. When I was sick as a little kid, to keep me happy, there's no limit to the things you did. And all my childhood memories are full of all the sweet things you did for me. And even though I act crazy, I gotta thank the Lord that you made me. There are no words that can express how I feel. You never kept a secret. Always stayed real And I appreciate how you raised me And all the extra love that you gave man. I wish I could take the pain away If you can make it through the night There's a brighter day Everything will be alright if you hold on It's a struggle every day Gotta roll on And there's no way I could pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate Baby, Don't you know it Sweet
7: dear lady. Mama, place no one above us, you are free. No, to know in others, dear
8: lady. Mama, dear lady. Mama.
0: Shattered, off their 1990 album Cowboys From Hell. Well folks, after years of rumors and rumblings, it's officially happening. The surviving members of Pantera will be reviving the band for a reunion tour beginning next year. The band initially went on hiatus in 2001, but growing tensions between certain members escalated that into an official breakup in 2003. The two decades that have elapsed since then saw the deaths of both of Pantera's founding brothers, guitarist Daryl Abbott, aka Dimebag Daryl, and drummer Vincent Abbott, aka Vinny Paul. In late 2004, Dimebag was shot and killed by a deranged fan while performing in Ohio with his and his brother's new band Damage Plan, and Vinny would eventually die in 2018 due to heart disease. For a long time, virtually all discussions of a potential Pantera reunion have named Zach Wilde, best known for his work with Ozzy Osbourne and Black Label Society, as the ideal person to take up Dimebag's mantle. Wilde had maintained a long-standing friendship with the late guitarist, even dedicating the Black Label Society piano ballad In This River to him following his death, and furthermore, his iconic screeching guitar style isn't too far off from Dime's. Sure enough, Wilde has been officially confirmed as the lead guitarist for these upcoming Pantera reunion shows. And as for Vinnie's replacement? Well that will be none other than Anthrax drummer Charlie Benante, who has known and remained friendly with the members of Pantera since their two bands first shared a bill together in 1985. Of course, the reunion lineup will be rounded out by classic vocalist Phil Anselmo and bassist Rex Brown, neither of whom were founding members, but had both been well-established in the band by the time it underwent a radical style transformation beginning with 1990's Cowboys From Hell, which essentially nullified the existence of all Pantera albums released before it. As any fan is well aware, the announcement of a Pantera reunion is a major paradigm-shifting development that has been met with equal parts excitement and trepidation. Why trepidation? Well, on top of the fact that many feel Pantera cannot exist without the Abbott brothers, this reunion undoubtedly flies in the face of the late Vinnie Paul's wishes and possibly even dimes as well. It's funny, after learning Vinny died, I at one point had the thought, well, there goes any chance of a Pantera reunion now, but little did I realize that those chances had actually become greater than ever. You see, the aforementioned tensions that led to the breakup of Pantera were between Phil Anselmo and the Abbott brothers. I don't want to get into the specifics of those tensions right now because this show needs to end sometime, but suffice to say, they weren't on the same page over a number of things. Anyway, out of the two parties, Phil was always more eager to extend the olive branch, and he has maintained that Pantera would have gotten back together and recorded more albums a long time ago if Dimebag hadn't been killed. While there's no way to know how accurate an assessment that would be, the reality was that by the time of Dimebag's death, things were still so f***ing hostile, excuse the pun, between Vinny and Phil that Vinny had actually barred Phil from attending Dime's funeral. Ultimately their relationship softened over the years since and there had been intermittent talks between the three surviving members about a Pantera reunion with Wild on Guitar. Supposedly those talks had come extremely close to achieving fruition on maybe one or two occasions, but in the end Vinny was always the one to kill the idea, claiming he didn't feel he could do it without Dime and that Dime wouldn't have wanted it either. Conveniently for Phil and Rex, After Vinny checked off the planet over four years ago, so too did any opposition within the band against a reunion. They allegedly received the blessing of the late Abbott Brothers' estate for the newly announced 2023 reunion, but despite that, the news has still been met with mixed feelings amid the fandom. As for me? Admittedly, I'm a little iffy over the idea myself. To put it one way, rebooting Pantera without the Abbott brothers would be exactly like if both Alex and Wolfgang Van Halen died, perhaps they were in the same car for this scenario, and then David Lee Roth and Michael Anthony reformed Van Halen without Eddie, Wolfgang, or Alex. Could you imagine Van Halen without the Van Halens? On the other hand, if that Pantera reunion tour ends up coming to our neck of the woods, there's little doubt in my mind that I would want to see that dish. I guess that's just me, though. Apparently, I've got my principles until you dangle that proverbial carrot on a stick right in front of my face. Ultimately, I don't think it's a bad idea, as long as they stick to the notion of it being a tribute to Pantera as opposed to a rebirth. Based on comments they've made, both Zach Wilde and Charlie Benante are decidedly of that mindset, so hopefully Phil and Rex are, too. At this point, no show dates have been announced yet for the 2023 Pantera reunion, but reportedly the plan will include a series of headlining festival shows across North America and Europe to start. Anyway, before Pantera, I played Seven Caged Tigers by Stone Temple Pilots off their 1996 album Tiny Music, Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop, Dear Mama by Tupac off his 1995 album Me Against the World, Speed by The Smashing Pumpkins off the 2012 deluxe reissue of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, I Got Id by Pearl Jam off their 1995 EP Merkin Ball and Lap of Luxury by Soul Asylum off their 1986 album While You Were Out. And that about wraps up an idiosyncratic episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I've been your host, Ian. I'm capping off this episode with a second song off the new Weezer EP, Seasons Summer. Do you remember what I said my favorite track from it was? This last song is the EP's closing track, and as previously suggested, it plays out in kind of a rock opera style, phasing through multiple movements until finally culminating in an epic post-hardcore breakdown over its last 30 seconds. Yes, you heard that correctly. Also, the song boasts some of the heaviest riffage we've heard from Weezer since, well, Van Weezer a little over a year ago, I guess. But still. Again, this song's called Thank You and Good Night. So, um, thank you, dear listeners, and good night.
7: In the first
3: game of my rookie season, I was way out of